0: The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app.
1: Hey, guys. Lean, L-E-A-N. Why do I say that? Because the pod was an hour 25 of nothing but info. Who we. What do you do with that info? You bet it. Most of you do. Some of you don't. We love when non bettors listen, but most of you bet. If you don't have at least three outs, you need another one. One isn't enough. Two isn't enough. Three is enough. Now, after three, you still gain value, but not the same amount. BetDSI.com, special promo code BELL101, B E L L 101. 20 years online, reputation for great service, fast payment on the winnings. And with BELL101, you actually get sign-up offers. It's all up at the site, and there's some good ones. BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. You know we've been hitting in our super contest picks in front of you, in front of the world, 64% on the season. A lot of money you should have won, but getting those half points helps you win more. BetDSI.com, promo code For the special offer and to help the pod, Bell 101.
2: Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas.
3: Here is RJ Bell.
1: That's right. Week fourteen, NFL edition, with my wise guy roundtable. To my left, the Vig, Maddie Holt. To my right, Steve Fezzik, only two-time Super Contest champion. I'm RJ Bell. Boy, oh boy, we almost had it, Maddie. Three and and0, we started. We're all like doing our meta game. We were going to be pretty much in the lead. And then Steelers, Sunday night, tough one, no doubt. And then Monday night, what do you think? You know, I asked Fez already, if if uh, Colt McCoy plays, you still feel good about that pick? I do. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I do too, actually, a little bit. I mean, even with the Sanchez, they were stuck one at half. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is, is if we knew Colt McCoy wasn't going to get hurt, I think that's still one of our five picks. Right, there wasn't anything else I liked. You know, you yes. guys both liked the Pats a little bit, and and I vetoed. And obviously, we replaced it with the Rams, so it really didn't matter. Though we got a little lucky on that Rams, I think. But either way, we are still in this thing. It would it would have just I think we would have been the clear favorite if we had won. Both of those for the sure.
0: Steelers was even more of a heartbreaker than the Sanchez because Steelers were so at twenty three seven, the way that the Steelers are playing, it felt like that one was gonna be a winner.
2: You know, all year long we've said if we only have one losing week, we're gonna win this thing. And I'm gonna stand by that. Even though there's only four weeks left and we gotta make
1: up some ground. Oh, a couple games. It's it's not like we're gonna go three and two. And there's not that many people ahead of us either. It's not every it's funny, of all the leaders, there was only one if we looked at the top I think 12 or 15 people, only one was better than three and two, literally. So we didn't lose any ground. One person was four and one, three and two or worse. It was just, we had such an opportunity. It was moving day. And now we got some creative freedom
2: because no longer do we need to really even worry about what the spreads are. As long as it's not on the key number, we're going to pick who we really like.
1: Well, and I'll tell you this last thing and we'll get to, by the way, guys, sometimes we get the old, Hey, you guys should just do the picks and not a lot of talking. Maddie has a lot of, uh, tycoonish business stuff going on. He made the time for us here. He's in his, uh, custom made Ric Flair style. Is that, is that custom made or, or bespoke? I, there's a slight difference. Apparently bespoke is they've got the design, but then they'll cut it just for you And then the custom made is literally every inch is custom. Which one is it? It's like bespoke. This is, uh, you know, I didn't design it, but this is—you
0: didn't design. I mean, this is fitted for sure.
1: I can't help it that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can not dance all night long. Uh, All right, let's see how we did last week. Dave Estler's happy, by the way.
0: Hi, I am the Vague, and last week I went two and two and kind of a one Fez buyout and lost $150, and I am up $2,020 for the season. I'm Fez. I'm one and two. (laughs) (laughs) I lost $200,
2: and year to date I'm down 282. Zero two thousand eight hundred
1: twenty dollars. That sounds like a song. Uh, eight six seven five three oh nine. <laughs> what is your best bet record, Faz? It doesn't seem possible.
2: Ten and three. Ten and three. And, I and, I'm, and week, I'm stuck right? twenty eight hundred.
1: And my best bet eight four and one. Maddie Holt four and nine, but somehow Maddie Holt's up two dimes. I don't understand it. <laughs> By the way. Uh, I was two and two last week, lost 250, down 730, 730. All right, boys, listen. So we talked about it because Maddie's on the clock. We are going to be no nonsense picks, picks and more picks. Showtime. <gasps> Woo. And as always, we start with our very best bets. We mentioned it. Fez 10 and three in front of the world. You go, fast. Yeah, I'm on San Francisco 49ers plus four and a half
2: hosting Denver. I got three reasons why I like this pick, RJ. Number one reason, turnover table time. San Francisco has eclipsed Tampa Bay as having the worst turnover differential in the NFL. They're minus 20. So, yeah, they haven't taken care of the ball, but they've also been very unlucky with turnovers. And contrast that with Denver, who's plus eight in turnovers. So they've been fortunate with a 28 differential. That's typically... a
1: Almost an auto bet with that big of a difference. Cause the theory is, and this is one of our basic premises that turnovers have a huge element of luck. Throwing interceptions is 50% luck, 50% skill. Tom Brady's certainly going to throw less, but otherwise fumble recoveries, fumbles that you give up on offense, interceptions for all the talk of the ball hawking defense and all that. Just statistically, there's not very much of any correlation year to year, or quite frankly, even week to week. So when you see a team with a bunch of turnovers, especially if it's not thrown interceptions, which I think mitigates it a little if, it's, if that's the key difference. But if a team, and one of the things we did in the preseason that I might want to start doing this week again, actually, is do an analysis where you take 90% of the three turnover elements that we think are pretty much all luck and then 50% of the thrown interceptions, then you're getting kind of a a weighted turnover number that accounts for the fact Brady's going to throw less than a Winston, let's say. Right. But the assumption or what we know certainly is that teams that win the turnover battle cover the spread 77% of the time. So something that's a ton of luck dictates who wins and loses who, who gets paid and who doesn't and thus the public and the straight up side and the ATS side just thinks I got paid and if they bet the 49ers well I didn't get paid but really it's a lot of luck that's why you're saying when you have the two ends of the spectrum you like to go with a team that seemingly has played worse because of those turnovers but again luck. And that has panned out for us. We've been
2: backing Tampa Bay the last two weeks after they had the worst turn- turnover differential in 2-0 straight up and against the
1: spread the last two games. Amazing stat here. Amazing, I think. And it got a lot of attention on Twitter when I sent it out. This season, the 49ers have outgained their opponents by 174 yards. They're 2-10, and 10, and they've gained more yards than their opponents. So if you ever have to wonder about how much turnovers have hindered the 49ers there's this st- i mean typically if you've g- this is this should be a 500 team yeah and
2: last week was kind of the poster child for that where they got absolutely annihilated by seattle on the scoreboard which culminated with a 98 yard pick six at the end of the game where the differential got up and above 24 points but san francisco actually outgained seattle by 100 yards so i would argue that that game is giving us value in this game
0: I'm just asking for mine. I don't have one.
2: Oh, go ahead.
1: That's fine. Matty, you're thinking about fading
0: the best bet? <laughs> no, but I don't like this pick. And I, I, I get why, and I don't really want the other side. But we talk about teams that make a fundamental change to, in, during the season and how it affects the team. And what we saw, we talked about it prior to the past four games with the Denver Broncos. Case Keenum, 10 interceptions, 10 touchdowns. They started running the football. They turned into a running team behind Philip Lindsay. Last four games, no interceptions for Case Keenum. Denver, three wins and a two-point loss against Houston that should have been a win. So I feel like this fundamental change of becoming a running team behind Philip Lindsay, who, let's face it, at the beginning of the year wasn't even the number one backer, has changed it and taken the pressure off Keenum and thus he's not throwing interceptions. And for that reason, I just don't want
1: any part of this game. So Lindsay, number one yards per attempt. That's one thing. 6.08 yards per attempt. The third highest average in a single season since 1970. I think there's a key injury that's going to make Lindsey a whole
2: lot less effective. So Sanders, number one wide receiver for Denver, goes down in practice. I think that just happened today. So remember, they traded Demarius Thomas. uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders.
1: How much is he worth? Um, <laughs> I said, uh, if you actually look at the market move, in some spots it moved a point, but from five to four, so a cheap point. So I think a full half point. Yeah, and
0: yeah. you can make and, a case that he is having his best year. Well, that he's and, most impactful. And and how how valuable
2: is a guy? We well, got to look at the guys behind him. So the fact yeah. that they traded Demarius Thomas, their number two wide receiver, yep. so they have an unproven young kid, Sutton. Year to date, he's got 558 yards. The the number two and number three current wide receivers now. Hamilton is 61 yards and Patrick has 73 yards. That's a good point. So it, Lin- Lindsay better have a good game because they don't have the wide receivers anymore. And Keenum has not impressed me. And maybe the Sanders injury is more
0: impactful because they traded.
2: Thomas. I agree with that. I agree. In
1: fact, in our straight out of Vegas, Fox sports radio, national pre-production meeting, sleepy Jay, sleepy production mics on, take your bow. He, Fez was out family time. Uh He had, you know, it was all agreed to. And we we kept the fort going, right? I was nope. in Reno. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> but Sleepy delivered and he made a great point in pre-production. We made it on air. It is about the depth at receiver now after the trade. So Sleepy, you want to take a take a bow? I just took a bow. <laughs> now, the irony is Mackie had a few good pieces of feedback. The mayor did too. But the funny thing was he was being so smug about. It. I mean, it was almost like he's learning the wrong things from Brad Powers, that finally with the, with the second name check, we, we instead of saying Mackie, we said pregame stats and information. And then I played this drop. Wally Balls, it's my alias. <laughs> <laughs> any, any thoughts? I think you're right. I'll bring, I'll blame Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these guys, we got a good team behind us. We got a good team behind us. Couple last thoughts, guys. One thing I've been doing more of is not looking at net turnovers, but looking at how many games a team wins or loses the turn uh, turnover battle. Because if you're minus four once and even three times, it's very different than being minus one, minus one, minus one, minus one, right? So I've been looking at teams, how do they do when they win the, the battle, the turnover battle, and when they don't? San Fran, when they lose it, 0-8. When they win it, Two and two. So, I think even San Fran, uh, and, and I think if you flip this to Denver, three straight wins, as Maddie said. But in those games, plus eight in turnovers. So, yeah, on the season, they look pretty good. But during this win streak... The turnovers have been dominating.
2: And the Steelers win. In, in, in favor of Denver. Yeah, Denver. I don't remember if they were plus three against the Steelers. Four. It was four, yeah. And yeah. and, and it, yeah, because the
1: fourth one was. And the Steelers outgained about 250 yards. And yeah. And last thing, Chris Harris, best pass defender, out. So to me, you look at this team and think about Harris out and Sanders out. And the fact that everyone's so high on them right now. I think we're bought, we're selling high on the Broncos. You swung me. You swung me. I'm on. All right. That's all we wanted. That's all we wanted. Yeah, no, I'm in. I think I like it. You, you convinced me that that's the right side. Last thought. The 49ers have two wins. The Bills have four. The average point spread this season for the 49ers, they've been plus 3.3 points. So a little more in a field goal underdog on average. The Bills, eight and a half point underdogs. So there has been a lot of love for the 49ers in the batting markets. One concern, Fez. Do you think maybe the 49ers are looking at the number one pick? Are they so close now and Shanahan has so much equity? Whereas if, if they finish the year 0-4, his his status doesn't get changed.
2: You know, I got to be honest. I hadn't even thought about that. But the fact that they got Jimmy G coming back makes me a lot more comforted. But They're
1: thinking they're getting four first-round picks yeah. maybe. Yeah, I hadn't thought of And if you it. have Jimmy G locked up, you're thinking we don't need a quarterback. We can get like, you know, look at what the Browns got. Just two weeks ago, we're, we were talking
2: about how all oh, the Raiders are have got no incentive to win, and then they started but playing I didn't, hard. Though. I didn't say you that. You did
1: not. You did not. I thought the, the reason that he's there, the Raiders coach, is to try their best to win Gruden and then bridge him to Vegas. But so do you want to? Well, listen, here's the reality, guys. We're going to give you our best picks today we're going to be a lot more inclined to switch up on Fridays uh, or on Saturday morning when we submit, because let's be honest, the people competing with us are listening. All right. So we're not, we don't, we're not scared, but we're giving you genuine picks. We're all betting. And I just, I bet this one pretty darn good already. All right. So pick number one is in best bet. Fez, Matty Holt.
0: I'm going to try to keep the pace going because I'm on a little bit of a time crunch, but I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders plus 10 and a half, and I've got history on my side here. Ben Roethlisberger, when he is a favorite of double digits on the road, last 15 years, one and nine against the spread. Ben Roethlisberger against the Oakland Raiders, period, oh, and six against the spread. Ben can't beat the Raiders. Ben can't cover big numbers on the road, and I don't care how good a, or bad a defense is in the NFL I think we'll all agree that as second a team becomes one dimensional Pretty much any defense can stop them to some degree at that point. At this point, the Pittsburgh Steelers have Steven Ridley at running back. I don't know what is worth. The Sanchez at quarterback or Steven Ridley at running back. They're both not very good options. That means Big Ben is going to throw the ball over 50 times. And on the road, when Big Ben throws the ball over 50 times, he throws interceptions. Things go bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what we do know about the Oakland Raiders, I was on them again last week. They're playing hard. They're not very good. Their defense still stinks, but they continue to play hard week in, week out, covering the spread again last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. The historically, this is a good spot for Pittsburgh. I mean, for Oakland, and I'm going to stick with the Raiders plus 10 and a half.
2: Looked up the backup running backs for Pittsburgh. Ridley, as you mentioned, 18 carries, 3.1 yards per carry. He's actually not going to start, but they're going to split time. with Samuels. Twelve carries, two point six yards per carry. Contrast that with James Conner, who has nine hundred nine yards with over two hundred carries year to date and a four and a half yards per carry uh year
1: to date. So, yeah, big downgrade. And even if the Steelers do get up ten, right? We always talk about this when you get you're getting more in ten. They probably sit on the ball, figuring. They, they got no reason for margin here. So, yeah, listen, you can get margin accidentally always. Sure. But I think if it's four minutes left, Pittsburgh's got the ball on their own 20 up 10. They're going to it's three dive plays and punt.
2: And Steelers have, of course, New England on deck. This is their third road game last four. Really bad spot. This would be the game we'd be betting against Pittsburgh big if they hadn't played and lost against the Chargers. Now I think we just bet against them, maybe not big.
1: So how much, Maddie? do you value the absence of Connor? A lot. I think they become pretty one-dimensional. It, so he, he was,
3: a
0: point? I think it's like three-quarters of a point. I think it's more than half a point in this situation because Big Ben's not good when he has to throw the ball a ton on a road. And let's face it, while he wasn't as good as Le'Veon Bell catching the football, Connor was catching the ball out of the backfield as well. Now starting to really be a part of that passing game. Steven Ridley's not going to catch the football out of the backfield. And I I mean, I think the whole schematic for Pittsburgh has changed and look, history just says in this spot, big Ben comes up flat and I don't want to buck that history. Fez, what's your uh, Van Vliet or (laughs) James Connor? Well, I, I
2: downgraded Pittsburgh half a point, And I think Maddie brings up a good point that maybe on the road it should be a point, and at home it should be half a point.
1: Hmm. Explain that theory.
2: Well, I think that Big Ben can throw every down at home. He's so good. Makes sense. I mean, you know, and so I don't really mind the fact that they throw the ball seventy-five percent of the time at home,
1: but I do mind it on the road. Couple thoughts here: Steelers rushing the last three games with Connor for the most part against the Chargers, sixty-five yards; Denver, seventy-five yards. Jags, 26 yards. So they, I mean, it's it's going to go from bad to worse running the ball.
0: And for the most part of that Jacksonville game, they were getting shut out.
1: Yeah. yeah, And I mean, like they, they weren't running the football, throw, like throw, they can't and score, yeah. But against the Chargers, they were in the lead a lot of the game. Yes. And so um one last thing here. Well, two last things. In the Tomlin era, when the Steelers are favored by six points or more, and against the spread, so 28%. Now, the average team in the NFL, favored by six or more on the road, wins the game 76% of the time. Pittsburgh only 64%. So they're not only not covering, they're often getting beat in surprise spots you wouldn't expect. Last thing, and this one's a doozy, Fez. Steelers as road favorites, going back to October 2013. Anytime they're a road favorite, Five overs, twenty-two unders, one push. So what? I mean that that tells us that when the Steelers are flat, it's usually offense, is what I've seen just by the eye test. How many when Pittsburgh is flat? You don't often see the the thirty-one thirty games. It's when Pittsburgh's flat. It's Big Ben's got three points at halftime. That's been my eye test. But this is telling us, especially on the road, they go one dimensional. If they're not really humming, five overs, twenty-two unders. What do you think of the total here?
2: You know, obviously, I like under. based But upon I mean, that. other than that, <laughs> well, the, my
1: concern, of course, is that who's it going to
2: hand the ball off to? So if the ball's yeah. going to be in the air, if it, if they have to throw more, that's conducive to the over. I,
0: I do agree that does.
2: But it's supposed me to be ineffective,
1: that. though. Is what is the assumption of the pit? But right. part of it being effective could be turnovers, and then that creates mm. easy points the other way. Okay, next game, my best bet. So we got two. In the books, my best bet, and I'll say this, no locks, no pick is over 60% unless you have true inside information, and we don't, is, well, I have a few times over the years, a handful. (laughs) I knew Scooter McDougal's name before the rest of the world did, but that was just happenstance. I was not directly involved, obviously. I love the Colts. This is probably my second or third favorite pick of the year, the Colts. Couple trends to really back this up. One, we've talked about Houston has had a lot of coin flip wins. Now, here's something I've been thinking about, Fez, and it's a new concept for me. What percentage of the time does an NFL team just look more impressive than they really are? I'd make the case it's about 25. You know, to me, a team plays about as well as their true level half the time, worse a quarter. Better a quarter. Does that sound about right? Yeah. So th- basically they outperformed the spread maybe by six points. Yeah. And I'm not even talking so much the ATS margin, but rather just how well they play. Yes, I agree. So one thing we've made a mistake. I've been thinking back to some of the mistakes we made. made. Uh, Miami of Florida last year in football. It was skeptical, skeptical, skeptical. Then they play a, a game unequivocally. They were, I can't remember the Notre game, Dame game. that They were unequivocally impressive. And we thought, see, we must've been wrong. But couldn't it, but couldn't that have just been one of the twenty five percent of games there, that any team's just going to play better than their true level? But because it comes after all the coin flips, we think it's somehow more indicative than it is. So think about Houston. How our mindset has changed. We were so against them, so against them, and because the theory was okay, they beat the Jags. But in hindsight, the Jags were pretty bad at that point. Right. And then they ended up crushing Miami Thursday night, Thursday night. Miami had had two games in the heat. You know, it just wasn't a good spot for Miami. And then it was another coin flip, I think against Denver, if I'm remembered 1917, but then when they beat Tennessee, it was like, see, we were just wrong about them, but maybe we weren't. Maybe that was just one of their games that they're going to play better than their true level. And I, I did
2: observe that Watson finally looked healthy for the first time, but yeah. the rest of it doesn't change the rest of the entire team, of course
1: and and you know, so I guess what I'm saying is I generally still think the Texans are overrated, maybe not as much as I did, but I still think that does anyone disagree with that? I'm starting to come around to the fact again that they're not
0: oh to the less overrated than maybe we all okay, thought. fine, but
1: are they still overrated like if you could bet if I forced you. If I said I'm going to give you 10 dimes, if you are profitable in one of these two situations, fade the Texans every game or back them every game, which one would you take the rest of the year? Four
0: games. Oh, the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. I'd probably fade them because at this point, they've already hit their peak in terms of popularity. Which I think by
1: definition is saying they're overrated, right? Sure. And I would fade them.
2: I'd fade them as well. Like I've been hearing about how oh, they're a darling in the futures market. They could come yeah, they out are. of
1: nowhere. Yeah, they are. They're not going to the
2: Super Bowl. I mean, they're not they good enough. They are futures
0: market darling, but that has nothing to do with whether I'd be yeah. against them on a per game. There's always some darling that gets bet in the futures market at this time
1: who's 15 to 1 or better. They were the Texans. So let's. Uh, it seems like we all agree at least a little overrated the Texans. NFL teams, and this goes back 20 plus years, that have won nine or more straight games in the same season. So they're hot and this is straight up and everyone knows about it. The next game, 35 and 63 against the spread, 36%, 35 winners, 63 losers. Why? They're expensive. It's that simple. There's no other logic to this. This is a very logical trend. And you what agree? I, I agree, and what I love
2: about this trend, how often, RJ, do we say, uh-oh, emergency betting alert. We got to get down on this now. This line's going to move, and we got to rush out and get it. But when you're going against a 9-0 and team, there's no rush at all. We saw that New Orleans-Dallas. There's always going to be plenty of support for the team that's won nine in a row.
1: Now, the flip side, teams shut out the last week since 1993 are 58% against the spread and that's over almost 200 games. So everyone sees the goose egg. Ooh, I don't want any part of that team. And I tell you this, we're going to talk about the Jags when we get to that game. Jacksonville played really well in defense. And listen, the Colts were horrible enough, but their defense actually played pretty well. And super motivated,
2: flying all over the field. Anyone who watched that game, this was an so all-in So if effort.
1: you believe Andrew Luck's true love was what we saw last week, this is a bad pick. If you believe the prior six or seven games... We're getting five in this spot, and it feels like, to me, Colts might be a slightly better— I mean, to me, I think this line should be three. This is one of those, I think it should be three, we're getting five. And one of those
2: fortunate wins for Houston during that nine-game win streak was when they played the Colts the first time. If you recall, that game went into overtime, completely evenly played— and then late in overtime. Yeah,
1: the Colts, I was in one of Maddie's I picks. don't
0: disagree with your pick, but do you honestly think it should be three? I do. And what I... is the math behind it? Because if you look at the YPP numbers, every basic number, Houston's a little better. Let's admit that they're a little better in pretty much every major important statistical category.
2: Well, remember, though, Indy in September, this was exactly. a situation with, with
0: some, some key injuries where but they Houston, didn't... Houston, you were making the excuse that, that Watson wasn't healthy in September. Yeah, but you... But... Let's admit right now today... That Houston is the better football team.
1: Yeah, they're Period. better. They're better, so but they're then, in the same category. I, I, to some agree. degree. I don't agree. You don't agree that they're I a better th- team. I think the way the Colts are playing right now, other than the question mark of last week, if this game were, if last week didn't happen for the Colts, it can happen for, if, if the Colts had a bye, but we it won't get. happen
0: for anyone. There's not every team in the NFL is getting shut out. Well, geez, I, there was some real I think if you have any questions about
1: Marlon Mack hurt, Marlon Mack's been a First major all, factor. Well, Marlon Mack had a concussion. He still played. Maybe he was slowed down, but now it's another week. And here's here's a stat I, I want to bait you into talking about the center. So I did some real research because Fez was talking about Ryan Kelly a good bit. So the, the guy who replaced him was Evan Boham or B-O-E-H-M. He received the best pro football focused grade of any offensive player last week. So this idea, for the coach, for the Colts. So this idea that, oh, that center's a big issue, you know, doesn't seem like it. And you're right, is the running back was banged up, but it's if it's a concussion and he played and now it's another week, I, I don't like, listen, Houston, I really truly believe in the five-point flips, <laughs> Houston is more likely to be two and three in those five than three and two, and they're five and oh. Right? I I mean, look, Fez, we talked about it. they were more on the side of forty percent than sixty percent on most of but those. They're not five f- and
0: zero in every coin flip this season. Oh, it was they Travis lost the coin flip to Tennessee early in the year. In the yeah, the first three games, but they that did re- lose. That was a dead coin flip. In fact, they right, were a favorite. So, so, to so win. they're five
1: and one in Fair. coin flip. Okay. And you know how many times they've lost the turnover battle once during their win streak. So if you never learn lose a turnover battle and you're still coin flipping. It's probably a sign
2: you're a below average team. And you know I love that spot. When you play a team twice, RJ, and you're home and you play them equal and you're in a position to win and somehow you lose the game, then so often it seems to me you go on the road and get your revenge in the same year.
1: Last thing I'll say. If if there's something wrong with the Colts we can't see that was shown in that shutout, then I have a problem with this pick. And if Watson is significantly better because he's now running We've got a problem. Again, maybe he's a little better, but I feel pretty good here. Only ran for 31 yards last week. And last thing, Fez, because when we get to the Jags, we'll skip this. You've got a great theory about why the Jags defense played so well and with so much vigor. Yeah,
3: so
2: I really firmly believe that they absolutely despise having Blake Bortles as their quarterback. The entire team, not just the offense. The second that Cody Kessler came in, hey, Matty Holt could be quarterback that was going to be an all in high energy game because the team wanted to show management and the owner said, Hey, you know, we don't want this guy. We want
1: anyone but Blake Bortles. So this is interesting, man. So Houston, so let's look at DVOA. Um, offense for Houston is 21st defense is six. So let's just add up to 27. All right. Indy offense is thirteen. Defense is 11, adds up to 24. So, again, we can debate DVOA, though. If I could have one metric, I would trust that over any other public metric for sure. At least there, it seems like the idea that Houston's clearly better uh, is belied. Okay, we got our three best bets in. Now we're just going rotation order, keeping it simple. Next game. Ravens chiefs were some sevens out there now down to six and a half Ravens money early Fez. You like the total.
2: I like the under and it is all about Baltimore who I expect is going to run the ball two thirds of the time. Why do I expect that? Well, they're three and zero running the ball. And since their rookie quarterback took over Lamar Jackson, they have indeed run the ball 66% given they've had this success winning and doing that. Now that they're playing a Chiefs team that gives up over five yards per carry, it is only logical to keep the Chiefs' offense off the field by doing what's been successful for Baltimore, running the ball. And I got a total of 53. I got to be honest here. Anytime there's a total of 53, you cannot have one team running the ball two thirds of the time. The clock's just going to be moving. So, too so much. why,
1: I mean, what what's why's the market got
2: this at 53? Because the Kansas City Chiefs are a scoring juggernaut with a bad defense. So they've had so many high scoring games where people remember their game that they would score 105 on Monday night football. But uh, the truth is that Kansas city, um, when, if they're not going to be, be able to be on the field, when
1: they finally get the ball on offense, sometimes that, what does that mean? If they're not going to be on the field. So if the offense isn't on the field.
2: Yeah. So if the offense like only gets like two or three possessions in, in a half, all of a sudden, like, well, when's
1: that ever going to happen? Maybe they'll get three or four. So right. why are you saying two or three? They might only get three and a half if ball But why would you say two then? Two. You want two to bet? A you want to bet they don't get two in any of the half? No,
2: I don't. Okay, so three or four. So oftentimes the offense presses a little bit when you're like, "Wow, we haven't seen the ball for seven minutes, and they're not as effective, and they can't get into a rhythm like they can when they're
0: getting more possessions." Matt. I like the Kansas city chiefs in this spot. I, I don't have any real opinion on the total. I tend to like unders over 51 this time of year anyway. And we know it gets really cold and windy in Kansas city. Um, I, I just don't agree with the comment that they're going to run the ball two thirds of the time. So on the season, Baltimore runs the ball the 12th most percentage of the time, 43% of the time, less than half. And that's 12th most. And even since Lamar Jackson took over, they're only like eighth in the league in terms of percentage of plays that are run plays. So no,
2: that's not true. I've got, I got the numbers three games, Baltimore, Cincinnati, 75 plays, only 19 passes. Baltimore-Oakland, 69 plays, 25 passes. Baltimore-Atlanta, 75 plays, 26 passes. So um, only 70 passes and 209 plays.
0: Okay, well, maybe they are going to run the ball two-thirds of the time. It just doesn't seem like that's possible. I don't
1: know why I saw it differently. So, Maddie, I like the Ravens here, okay. but I want seven. No, I'm never doing you anything.
0: <laughs> and I look, what I'm smoking you all mean? season,
1: but I'm never doing anything. <laughs> Well, I tell you, we might have to choose a different guy for that seat then because we want action here. But all that said, I'll accept it this time. Fez, I agree with you. Not only is Baltimore going to run, who has DVOA, who has the worst rush defense in the NFL? City Chiefs. So you've got a team that can't stop the run against a team that wants to run. What is the main argument against Lamar Jackson? Isn't it his durability? Is this sustainable? Accuracy? Well, no, we know he's not accurate, but what I'm saying is he's been fairly effective net-net. They've won three games. they won the games, but some of it was so fluky. They went into
0: Atlanta and won, and, special and you, teams you, you had the rubber had band off for Atlanta. No,
2: no, the defensive special
1: team touchdown. Was it against was for Oakland? It? No, Yeah, but Atlanta got the special teams. They got a 73-yard fumble recovery. I... So what I'm saying is you had the rubber band off again with, with Atlanta somehow laying points at home. It was insane. The, the market agreed with you. It closed what? Tw- two and a half, 20?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Two, I, I call that 2.75. I'm probably yeah. the only one that calls no, it. No, I right? like
1: that. That's, that's right. You know, cause if you don't know how much three is worth, that's a better way to say it. it's halfway between two and a half and three. But I mean, you, you're not going to at all say you were like, you missed something about the Ravens. I, I I haven't missed on Lamar Jackson. He's not good. But if, if if Atlanta were playing the Ravens again, would you
0: lay two points with Atlanta? At home? What I missed on with that game was the motivation of Atlanta. They did not, not care. Oh, yeah. They did not. Okay, good. I mean, <laughs> you know, I actually think
2: Lamar Jackson. I agree with you. He's not a good drop back passer. But if they run the ball two thirds
1: of the time. He can be inaccurate. There's not, he's only throwing the ball. I think Nat, Nat, he's probably more. Let me ask you this. If Flacco started, would you like, would you still like the Chiefs? Yes. Okay. So this isn't about Lamar Jackson.
0: Well, I would get an unhealthy, you know, I would get a flat. Yeah. I I don't like Joe Flacco either, but.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So they got this style that may or may not be able to last the season, but I think the odds are very good. It will last this game. Agreed, and also
2: because of the the mismatch, the matchup edge. Well, I think this is a natural. I think there's going to be a seven out there come game day. I don't have a prop bet here um, on my card, RJ, but I'm going to make a prop bet here, a derivative. I'm going to play correlated parlay, the plus seven parlay to the under because I do think there's a nice correlation there.
1: Yeah, I mean that that does make sense, and you like the under to start with. Ooh, I'm going to look for that myself. If I can get seven minus 110. That's not exactly a correlated number. It's 53. This, we're not talking about 41. But, so if, they score, if they score 61 well, points hold, in this game, is Baltimore going to cover? Hold on a second. I think the whole idea of the correlation is simply a mathematical equation. Obviously, there's a correlated element when the numbers get that extreme. But don't you think, and again, I'm asking. I'm not saying I. I think I know. But wouldn't you say that there's times that if this game is played this way, then uh, there's going to be less points and my team has a better. Like if this is a shootout, do you, if you knew 65 is scored, if I told you 65 scored, you love your Kansas City a lot more, right? Of course. And if I tell you that literally um, uh, 42 is scored, just 10 points. Well, if
0: 42 is scored, you don't like any favorite laying seven.
1: Okay, so then there is a correlation then. I mean, if he goes under even just a touchdown. Sure. Right? There's some correlation,
0: but... I mean, 53 normally, if we would have picked any random game, not this game, any random game at the beginning of the season, and and, and Fez would have said, well, there's a direct correlation playing the underdog and under on any game that's 53 points. I don't agree
1: with that. But but, in in a weird way, it's kind of making Fez's point in his if he's right, this totals too high too.
2: this is way too niche. But 42 is the one total you can't use because so many 42s land 2814 for final scores. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, Fats, we so 43 or 41 we really, we really appreciate you coming with that we could do only in dreams but it wouldn't be good by the way, Essler's got a quick thought in this game
3: the Chiefs and the Ravens, are the Chiefs looking over their shoulder at the Patriots? I think they are, are they looking over their shoulder at the Chargers? I think they are here's the thing the Chiefs have had their way all season and haven't faced any real adversity until they score 51 and lose and now of course the Kareem Hunt issue you can't lose 1,000 yards from scrimmage and 14 touchdowns and just carry on. The Ravens' defense, number one in yards per play, held Atlanta to 131 yards of total offense, won the game with 159 yards through the air, 21 of them by the punter. The Ravens are a wild card team right now, and don't look now. They're a half game behind the Steelers in the AFC North. They have the Bucks at home next week. No look ahead. The Chiefs have the Chargers next week potential flat spot last potential flat spot for the Chiefs was against Arizona before they played the Rams and they did not win impressively six points is too many for that Chief's defense regardless of who's on center for Baltimore I like the Ravens all right
1: okay <laughs> next game 300 six and a half yeah yeah, yeah. okay all right Panthers Browns. Panthers too. Fez, you like Carolina. Yeah, I sure do. I
2: like Carolina mostly because of the fact they're sitting at six and three and they've lost three in a row. And so they're getting a lot less respect in the betting marketplace. But I would argue all three of the losses are certainly excusable. They outplayed Seattle. If you watched that game, you couldn't believe what happened and what went wrong for Carolina to lose that game. They outplayed Detroit. Somehow they lost that game by one point. And just recently, they outplayed Tampa Bay, a team I'm high on, but they lost based on four turnovers. And all three of these losses, they outgained their opponents by 80 or more yards. At a minimum, they should have won two of them. And if they were eight and four, they'd be laying three and a half in this game instead of laying two.
1: And by the way, since we are using the lines from the Super Contest, it's two and a half. So, okay, I think there's one question in this game is Carolina still together as a team? Because if a blackjack table loses four straight hands, they don't, nothing changes. They do the same thing. And the reality exerts itself over time. But when a team that should have won two or three of the four doesn't, what do they do? They fire multiple defensive coaches this week. Now they've got Rivera riverboat Ron calling the defense well, if he was supposed to be calling the defense, why wasn't he calling the defense all year? And if you're right, Fez, why don't they sit back and say, hey, we're fine. This tells me there's turmoil. There's a new ownership. He, he, they didn't fire Rivera. He's hearing through the grapevine, your job's on the line. So now he's freaking out and, and and changing things. I'm calling the defense. I'm going to go down swinging. But does that make you feel good about this?
2: Well, I can't be sure whether there's going to be a sense of urgency to turn this around or whether there's going to be panic. And- it seems
1: like there's panic. Cause when you yeah. fire two coaches, Mike Lombardi said that he's never seen a D line coach fired in the middle of the mm-hmm. year. Never. It's just like, why would you fire? Like, is the D line coach really the problem here? So, I mean, unless there's, you know, I guess in theory, if there's a discipline problem or whatever. Their
2: defense has actually played pretty well the last three games. It shocks me that they made those moves. So, no, that's not a positive.
1: And then you look at the Browns, it looks like, oh, okay, Mayfield finally came back to earth in that Houston game. But... The Browns outgained Houston 428 yards to 384. So, have you? Did you downgrade the Browns off of last week? I think I I left them
2: right where they were because they won the stats in that yeah. game. But frankly, the two wins before that. So hold on a sec.
1: Let's think about this. So the Browns close five against the Texans, right? Yes. Okay. So that assumes, boy, coach Browns. Okay, my bets. <laughs> Maddie, Ho, <laughs> Maybe I'm gonna jump on this too the more I talk about it. But think about that. So this that's That'll say- be the
0: first time ever I have a bet without make saying a word. <laughs> I think that's a good I think that's a good segue.
1: Think think about it though. Two points of difference between in theory between Houston and the Browns. Now this line is saying the Panthers are five and a half points better. So the so somehow the Panthers are three and a half points better than Houston. It's All a right.
2: concern. I expect Carolina's going to win the game. You're listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to RJ
1: Bell's. Dream Preview. Double. (laughs) Maddie. I'm with you, baby. Go ahead.
0: Look, I'm with you on this. The, the, The coach's point was mine, and Fez made the actual point to me off the air that people, the last five to seven years, and I agree, I saw it behind the counter, the last... Five years, all of a sudden, when there's coaching fires, people bet on that team. They automatically believe it's a positive every time and that every single time the players are going to rally around or prove it wasn't their fault. And even Fez said that's an overrated stat. Now, it's not always the case. A lot of times when coaches are fired, it's because there's problems. And yet in this game, we're ignoring the fact that these two defensive coaches, both of them were fired because it's convenient too but i think that there's a mess there and i'd just rather have the brown side. So what does your power rating say Carolina
1: versus Houston?
2: I've got Houston 3 points better than average team. I've got Carolina 2
1: points better than average team. So, so I got Houston ha- 1 point better. Explain how this line makes any sense. And the Browns have a strong home field. They're 1 and 26 on the road. It's not that they're it's a good road <laughs> it's team. It's not like they're winning a whole lot of games yeah. at home but either. Still, they got New they Jackson, got the yeah. turf. I mean that's a weird stadium. I mean, are you saying the Browns' relative – to other bad teams, does not have at least an average home field? I have them as an average home field. So explain the math of this number. The
2: math. This is a gut feeling. The math says. Oh, the math. says you say
1: you never go against your 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 power. I say I rarely and what rarely, rarely go just against the fact power they outgained them in four straight games. That's by eighty yards. Well, I
2: well Cleveland. The fact that they got wins against Atlanta and Cincinnati, two teams that a team
1: Atlanta. You you bet against the Ravens almost as even teams so did everybody else. not me <laughs> all right by the way Matt you can look this over um uh Wally Ball I mean the mayor did a little research on uh how when the head coaches are fired what's happened since 2003 and uh we'll talk about it when we get to Green Bay there all right next game two bets there by the way oh Packers Falcons Packers by five. Fez, you like Green Bay. Yeah, such a segue.
2: You know what? I don't want to steal your thunder, RJ, because I basically am, am piggybacking on your handicap. Why don't you talk about Green Bay and why you like well, it?
1: Well, this is a simple one, so I'll make it quick.
2: Wally Balls, it's my alias.
1: Came up with the following is, since 2003, teams the game after their head coaches fired in season, 12 and 11 against the spread, and three straight losses. Okay. Okay. And then the games after the first game after the firing for the rest of the year, 57 winners, 55 losers. So, you know, right there at break even. But since, let's look at this, since 2015 or 2016 onward, 18 or 8 and 19. So in general, in the modern era, and maybe that's a small sample, or it could be players aren't as attuned. To, oh, I got a new coach. I've got it. It's like power to the players kind of thing, perhaps. But either way, there's no upside. So on one hand, everyone looking at Green Bay surging now, history says no. Where I think they are going to surge is because I think Aaron Rodgers, the stakes are high for him. If he plays well the rest of the year, see he was right, McCarthy was the problem. If he doesn't, it's going to be like, oh, you were complaining about McCarthy. You still haven't played well. I think you're going to see a ton of focus from
0: Aaron Rodgers. So suddenly he's going to invent his own playbook. He's going to play amazing. He's super focused. Just because McCarthy got fired, who's calling the plays? Aaron? Is Aaron making the plays? So Philbin was
1: the OC, right? So my thought is... Is Philbin's going to sit down with Rodgers and say, "What do you want to make a new week? playbook?" In a not a new play. It's it's not the playbook. It's going to be what plays are being called. Because supposedly, didn't you see the press reports? Aaron Rodgers rolling his eyes at the play. It, yeah. So my thought is, all that's gone now. So is is that worth two points or three? Maybe. I'm actually I'm
0: with you on the Aaron Rodgers part of this equation. It I seem expect like it. Aaron Rodgers to actually come with some level of focus and energy and enthusiasm to try to have a good game this week. I don't automatically believe that, you know, that assumes that he will, but let's assume that he's going to put an effort into having a good week. My question is, what does the rest of the team think? Because I've heard that Aaron Rodgers isn't exactly the most popular guy in the locker room. And now Mike McCarthy got fired because of Aaron Rodgers. Let's face it. Is the whole locker room rallying around Aaron Rodgers? Because I've heard he's not the kind of guy that people like to rally around. And for that reason, I'm going to pass.
1: Yeah, I'm probably not going to bet it either. Uh, The thing that really blew my mind to say that if these other players don't like Aaron Rodgers, they're in trouble. Is there was an assistant coach. We're taping Wednesday night. Winston Moss was with the Packers for 12 years. He said the following on Twitter. Ponder this. What championship teams have a great have great leadership? Period. It's not the offensive guru trend. It's not the safe trend. Find somebody that is gonna hold number twelve and everybody in this building to the Lombardi standard. Period. Hashtag losing sucks. He was fired over that. Yep. I saw you got fired over it. Yeah. <laughs> Boy's out a purge. I mean, it's like if you got a problem with Aaron Rodgers, you're heading out the door. Twelve years of loyalty to this team. So to me, if you got a problem with Aaron Rodgers, you better shut up if you're in that building at least till the end of the year. And we've
0: we've always heard period over the years that Aaron Rodgers isn't this great leader in the locker room, that he doesn't have great relationships with his players. And they're all going to rally around him now? I don't see it. But I even was tempted if they, to go the if, other way, but Atlanta was so befuddlingly terrible last week that I can't do it again. But I don't expect
1: the rest of the Packers to rally for Aaron Rodgers. But even week. if they just play the same they've been playing, and Aaron Rodgers steps it up, that's probably enough. Because that's the, what you think. The stat that Colin Cowherd had, which was great, Aaron Rodgers had double the throwaways of any other quarterback in the NFL, which is per, you know obviously purposely throwing the ball away. One of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL is throwing the ball away double anyone else. That's him saying, I'm not going to use my magical powers to make your crappy offense look good. So, but now he's going to hold on to the ball and risk injury because. Well, he's got a guaranteed contract. We- he's, he, he's, yeah. I mean, again, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy. So, I. Everyone I've talked to has gone rah, 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 Aaron Rodgers this week.
0: What if the offensive line decides not to block? Because they're sick of it. I actually. I'm, I'm ready to pull the other way. because I've heard from a lot of people, and I don't want to
1: get too insider on this, that a lot of the players don't like Aaron I Rodgers. Agree. And obviously, Colin has on, I can't remember, Jenkins, or the guy that was the receiver yes. on. And uh, Colin will be like, I like Aaron Rodgers personally, but and spent 10 minutes bashing him. Yeah. So, all right, next game, Saints-Bucks. Saints favored by eight. Fez,
2: another total. Yeah, I'm going under the 56. I really like this bet, RJ. Uh, the Saints, surprisingly, you win a bar bet on this one, they are third most in the NFL in terms of what percentage of the time they run the ball. They run it almost half the time. And everyone thinks about Drew Brees and what a phenomenal year he's had. And he has had a phenomenal year, but it is all about ball control for the Saints. So that it's not like the ball's just, that the, the Brees is just winging it all over the, the yard. And look at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has had a great offense, but they've turned the ball over way too much. And the eye test now, when I watch Winner's, who had more turnovers than Fitzmagic, that he was being way too loose and he would just chuck the ball down the field to Evans early in the year. And they have talked to him. He is not taking those risks. He's not throwing into coverage deep down the field like he was early in the year.
1: Uh, Pretty amazing with Tampa's yardage here. I'm just going to run it off quick. Last eight games, 412 yards, 510, 501, 301, 576, 456, 510, 315. That's about as much yards you're going to see in eight games. Can it turn into touchdowns? Is the question, and not interceptions. Because by the way, if Tampa is minus two turnovers or worse in a game, so not even not even minus one, minus two or worse eight times this year. They're zero and eight. When the four times are better than minus two, better than terrible. Better, they're four and zero. If this team doesn't turn the ball, and, and again, Tampa's gotten a lot of love from the batters. and didn't, other than this, it didn't make a lot of sense, at least on the surface with the record. Matty.
0: It's Tampa or pass for me. I don't don't really love the game. I'm not in a rush to step in front of New Orleans, but there's a few things I like about this spot. I like teams that are playing with the energy this time of year, facing a division opponent who's likely, who's at least favored to be in the NFC championship or AFC championship game. That's the case here. That makes this a big game for Tampa Bay at home against the Saints who are favored to win the Super Bowl or at least go to it. Let's get up for this game. And And to everyone's point, Tampa Bay's offense is playing really well. It has to be tamper or pass for me. Weather update,
2: 90% chance of rain, 15-mile-an-hour winds. That's good for the under as well.
0: I've got a world
1: premier trend. <laughs> if a team has six or more wins followed by a loss, so that Saints had a long win. Six stream, or more wins in a row. Yeah, six or more wins in a row followed by a loss. The next game, 55%. Eh, okay. 57 46. But then I thought about it and I said, what happens if the loss is the first loss? So we always talk about, Oh, our perfect season's over. There's kind of a hangover. The next game, they're 16 and 20. So if you have a long win streak and it's not the first loss of the year, 41 and 26. Against the spread. Now this is a team that's winning a bunch. So you don't think they're cheap, right? You wouldn't think like the saints aren't cheap here. Still. They're covering 41 winners, 26 losers. So it shows you if a team wins a lot and they lose that game and it's not the first loss, they want to get back on the the horse. So that keeps me off of Tampa Bay. And I think the logic, Fez, is pretty strong there.
2: Yeah, it does make sense because if you haven't had any losses, you're going for a perfect season. Think about how run down you get. Oh, we got yes. it. We're at 10-0, Emotionally, 11-0, yeah.
1: 12-0. And then
2: finally, I think Denver had a year where they went 13-0, right? And they lost a game, boom, right after they lost the next game
1: after. But if otherwise you look at the Saints, are they thinking, ah, you know, we're flat after, or they're saying we want to redeem ourselves after that Cowboy game. Absolutely. So I think they're expensive, so I'm not going to play it, but I'm not going the other way. Next game. Oh, Jets, Bills, right now, three and a half. Is that right? Let's see. Three in the contest. Three in the contest. Bills favored. I saw some, I can't remember where this was. The New York Post, I think. They were saying the market actually reacted very negatively on McCown by, by like a point or two. Did you see either you guys, the market move when McCown was announced last week? I actually did. There is a negative
0: perception now. There wasn't all season for a long time. A lot of people were saying equal, and there was even some people who said maybe. McCown Which was me upgraded. before he
1: played his first game. Is what
0: I. And thought. then he looked so terrible, and now it's kind of a unanimous downgrade that you McCown's a downgrade.
1: And the funny thing is, McCown was the number twenty-one QBR last week, so it was by far his best week. So still averaging below five yards per attempt. Yeah. That's really bad. No, no, no doubt about it. Here's one of my, you know, we have a new feature on Straight Out of Vegas, cash questions, which is the idea of if you can answer this question, you're going to make cash. And here's the question. Is Josh Allen all of a sudden emerging in the last two weeks, Fez, in the whole NFL? Who's the third leading rusher? Josh Allen. Yes. Unbelievable. Think about that. 234 yards rushing. So he's willing to run. And last week, The fourth highest QBR, Josh Allen. So it strikes me, this is a team, if you're looking at the season stats, the Bills, you're making a mistake. By the way, Faz, you like the Bills. Yeah, I do like
2: the Bills. The Peterman experiment is over, so you look at the uh, stiffs that they, the Bills had at quarterback and frankly, Josh Allen was learning as he went as well. So, of course, if you look at the offensive stats for the Bills, they're horrendous for the year, but Josh Allen has really moved on and let's, I hate to talk about one play, but I'm going to talk about the end of the Miami game. So, the Bills have gained over 400 yards. Miami is under 200. The Bills are driving. They need a touchdown to win the game and Tremendous play by the, the Bills' rookie quarterback, and he throws the ball the end zone, and he underthrows the receiver slightly. It's 50-50. The receiver's going to catch this for a touchdown. If he catches this, the Bills win the game. All of a sudden, the Bills aren't 4-8. and eight, They're 5-7. and seven, And this is like front-page news about how good Josh Allen's playing. But because they don't complete that one pass at the end, and they get unlucky
0: to lose that game, it's not on the front page. Matty. I don't really like much on this game, so I don't want to hold anybody up. But I'm always hesitant to ever lay a number again with the team that blew a division opponent out 41-10 last time these two teams played. I, I feel like uh, division opponents remember that. I, that would probably lean me toward the Jets a little more than most people. For that reason, I'm passing.
1: Tell you this: I know it's not going to work for the contest because if it's announced Darnold, it's going to move the line, uh, you know, towards the Jets. I want, if I bet the bills here, I want Darnold playing because I think maybe Darnold is better a week or two in. But one, if he didn't play last week, how can he be a hundred percent this week? Maybe he's 95, but when you have a sprained foot, you're going to, it's going to linger a little and then the idea that a rookie is off what now three or four weeks and he's not going to have any rust. The whole point was giving a rookie reps. We hasn't had any reps in a month. And I think Bowles is desperate to
2: save his job. I think he's going to lose his job no matter what happens, but whatever he can do to get Darnold back out there, if he thinks that gives the team the best chance to win,
1: he'll do it. Which kind of makes the, and again, if he thinks that that makes me pause because he knows a lot, obviously about, you know, even a bad NFL coach knows a lot more NFL than we do next game Patriots. Seven and a half on the road against the Dolphins. Faz you lean, Pats. Yeah, I'm torn
2: here um, because, well, let me talk about why I lean the Pats. Because they get basically got everyone healthy back. So Edelman, Gronk, Michelle, Burkhead. Um, when, throughout the course of the year, when the Patriots have uh, had all Brady's weapons, even though Brady looks a step slow and his stats have not been as good as they've been in the past. Still, this has been an effective offense. And if you look at the improvement of the Patriots on defense, coupled with the fact they've been so good in December historically, 59-11 and straight up under Belichick the last 19 seasons, I got to lean to New England, but I'm troubled by their bad history, their bad recent history
0: in Miami where they've lost four or five. Uh, I lean toward Miami here and it's ever so slightly only because this is that situation. Again, we talked about the Patriots struggling at the Jets a little bit. They are. They oftentimes also, I think Miami gets up for the Patriots, especially at home. And this is one of those spots uh, with where we see Miami at six and a six and that must win go all out for the playoff spot. And they have responded very positively to the Ryan Tannehill coming back in the two games. They should have beat the Colts. They blew that game, come back and win last week against the Buffalo Bills. At least there's some life there. That energy was life. I mean, that team was lifeless without Ryan Tannehill showing some life last two weeks. It's over a touchdown at home. I think I would have to take it, although I'm not too excited about it.
1: Brad Powers gave us some notes. He was going to join us. Got a little scared. Miami has won eight straight home games with Tannehill at QB. If you actually look at Tannehill's two games here since he returned against Tennessee's passer rating 119. Against the Bills, it was 100. So pretty good. This is the thing that keeps me off Miami, even though, like we said, we all remember the Monday night game last year, big upset. And I think it's actually four out of five. Yeah, Miami at home against New England, four and one straight up, four and one against the spread. That's pretty amazing. But you mentioned the Fed's last five years on this case, Pats have the best ATS record in December, 14 and six. The worst ATS record in December, Miami Dolphins, 6 and 15. That keeps me off. So, in each way, and again, oftentimes, if you can find a reason not to bet either team, you've done something, right? You figured something out. Next game, Rams, Bears. Fez, I'm thinking of pressing the button on you on this one. Go. Yeah, so I'm on the Bears plus three,
2: and it's all about. Well, let me do the weather. Um, The weather is not conducive to the Rams here. The Rams have played and scored 29 points in every game this year except for one. They played one time when the temperature was 30 or below. They played in Denver and they only got 23. So really small sample, but obviously that slowed them down playing in the cold. It's going to be cold here. It's going to be 30 degrees. And also, I firmly believe, even though they had a bye two weeks ago, that the Rams are a tired team. Seven of their last 10 weeks, they've had to travel. I don't think I've ever seen that. For a, from a buy team before. Remember, they spent that week in Colorado training in altitude for what they thought would be a game in Mexico City. And even after the game, they just played in Detroit. So they have to travel to Detroit, back to LA. Now they go to Chicago. Gurley at the end of the game says, man, I'm just, it's been a long week. I'm tired. I'm really tired right now. I can't allow you to keep tired. going long-winded.
0: <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I'm going to buy it. I'm just going to buy it. I'm just going to take the other side. I don't disagree with any of the things you said. I just think Trubisky's going to come back We don't know that he's 100%, and there's been no more opportunistic teams in terms of scoring in unconventional ways than the Chicago Bears this year, than the defensive touchdowns they get and the interceptions that they get for scores. And those things can't be predicted. You can't predict that you're going to score outside of your offense. If you had
2: one NFL defense that you wanted to bet would get a defensive touchdown, what defense would that be?
0: Probably be be the Bears, I guess, because they've done it so much. But we're saying that because they've done it so much, right? Well...
2: And because they've got the playmakers on defense and on the D-line to make it All right, it so,
1: so let's think about this. Matty Holt on the Rams. Fez is on the Bears. Dave Esler has a pick. I wonder if he's going to fade Matty Holt.
3: The Rams and Bears, and much like the Chiefs, the Rams haven't faced any real adversity yet this season. <laughs> when they have been tested, it's been by a team with an above-average defense. Three of their last four road games, one by two at Seattle. One by three at Denver, lost to the Saints, all teams in the top 12 in points allowed. The Bears are fourth in points allowed, third in yards per play, and first in takeaways per game. If Trubisky doesn't play, Daniels had two games out of his belt, and he thrown as many passes in the last two weeks than he did in his previous eight years. Bears have the Packers next week, so the focus is squarely on the Rams. Rams are home to the Eagles. Eagles are down this season. They did beat the Rams late last year. And the only other teams that beat the Rams last year, Seattle and Minnesota, both teams with very good defenses. Speaking of weather, it's a night game. Temperature's expected to be in the 20s. Goff hasn't seen that. Gurley hasn't seen that. Woods and Cooks, both from SoCal. The weather, the crowd at night, the situation, this is the Bears game to lose.
0: Can we please go back and play the the uh green bay packers versus arizona cardinals dave esler preview from last week so cal guys can't play in weather so they you, beat them out right is forty how did you point underdog. how did you and esler do head to head last week uh, Esler went 2-0 oh against me. <laughs> Everybody pays the Vegas except Dave Esler. And that makes me crazy because that what? handicap didn't even make sense. Nope. The Rams haven't been challenged except by teams that have a Cause good defense. Because he's not in the Vegas because he's City, not
1: in the Vegas echo chamber. But did, did the Kansas City Chiefs
0: challenge the LA Rams in a game that they very well could have won? And in the preview before, he said the Chiefs had the worst defense. So they contradicted in the same preview. Look, I, I'm getting the Rams and I will green button everybody. <laughs> you know, no, Dave, <laughs> Dave told me actually that
2: he 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 wants to come back out, right? Right, RJ, but well, yeah. he, but, but only if you're going to be participating. <laughs> of
1: course. Race. Hey guys, mark the time on this. We got to get this on. Uh, we got to get this tape out there. We're taping, baby. I thought he was going to mess up his bestowed jacket. His arms were <laughs> flying. I mean, listen, I've got a stat or two. We'll move on, but I do have to say quickly here a victim of the infamous Malachi crunch. Fez and Essler crunching the fig. <laughs> um, I actually like both. I mean, I see reasons for both sides. Because check this out. Tlaib was, you know, his back, right? Yes. First three games, Tlaib, they gave up 12 points a game. First in the NFL. Last week with Talib, week 13, they gave up 16. So 14 or so, right? In the middle, week four through 12, they gave up 30.8 points a game. Now, obviously, he's not worth that much, but boy, those are some
0: big numbers, right? And Peters was banged up and not playing well, too. That secondary of Peters and Tlaib was supposed to be awesome. And you're right, Talib gets hurt. Then Peters was banged up, and the
1: secondary went to crap. But I, I, I think it's getting held, obviously. Correct. Yes. Here's why I can't bet the Bears, though. Yards per rush last five games for the Bears. And they're supposed to run the ball, right? He's the defensive team. That's what I keep saying. Bad Two, weather. Bears run the ball. 2.6, 2.5. 3.8, 2.5, 3.7. Below average every game, fast.
2: Yeah, if you're betting Howard to go over rush yards, you're losing every week. Yeah. But the
1: prior four games when they were rolling, 4.5, 5.3, 5.4, 5.3. And why were those rush yards so inflated?
0: Mitchell Trubisky also contributing to the running game instead of it being a detriment. 36 yards per
1: game he's averaging, I believe. Yeah, so to me... I think my theory is Trubisky, perhaps, and also the Well, he was the number one rushing quarterback in the NFL yeah, prior yeah, to his injury. Yeah. I mean, and no I doubt think that it, helps your rushing offense. And I think Nagy was scheming up Trubisky. And over time, the D coordinators are going to figure out. To, now, maybe he, Nagy's got another move he hasn't shown yet. But how many moves are you going to have against the best defenses in the or defensive minds in the world? Don't, don't we all agree that a team that is almost
0: very, very likely headed to the playoffs in the Chicago Bears is not going to bring their young quarterback back out there who's nowhere near a hundred percent and have him run the ball 14 times this game in really bad weather and get smashed up. But their offense isn't as effective when he doesn't run the football because he can't make it through his third and fourth reads. Still a big upgrade at quarterback to have him in there. Of course it is. Chase Daniel was terrible. Those two
1: games. All right. We got a bet between Fez and Maddie on this one. Giants Redskins is next. The bet was on the Rams bears right now. Giants three and a half Fez. Straight out of Vegas, you said Washington today with Sanchez, worst team in the NFL.
2: They are. So no confidence at all in Sanchez. I got to be honest here, RJ. I'm really not sure how big a downgrade this is from McCoy. Initially, I was thinking two points. The more I read up on this, three, three and a half point downgrade looks more like the right number. I mean, he's been out of the league. He basically hasn't played in three years. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and 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 now he's on a new team. What's he been there, two weeks? Two weeks off the couch. I mean, to me, the Giants have won three out of four. They lost against the Eagles. They should have won. Imagine a team winning four in a row, playing the worst team in the NFL and laying only three and a half. So why not like this? What stops you? Is this just the duct tape on the shoe? The idea that you just can't fade? You know, like oh, it's a home dog. I can't. I mean, like, what's stopping you from betting the Giants?
2: Well, I got the. I have got Washington rated as the worst team in the NFL now, even with that assumption. And I can't be confident in it. They might be actually. They might be much worse than every other team. I don't know. None what of San this does. is saying why you're not betting the Giants. Well, my power ratings don't
1: support it. What does this support? What's the line say?
2: Well, the Giants. I've got three and a half points worse than an average team. And I've got Washington eight and a half points worse, so that I've got this line being five on a neutral. And the, the games at Washington, Washington hasn't given up yet. They're still six and six. Their players still think they're in contention. But, but the
1: O line is even more banged up.
2: Yeah, so it looks like yeah they've got two backup guards playing. One of them's done for the year. The other backup
0: guard Bergstrom looks like he's going to play this week, so he's going to be okay. Maddie, uh, there's too many unknowns for me. How are the players? Gonna rally around Sanchez, and what is the level of deflation in that locker room? Because there has to be some. This was a team that, at one point, not that many weeks ago, was the favorite to win the NFC East. Now, even though they're only six and six, and Dallas is seven and five, just one game ahead of them, it feels like these two are light years apart in terms of odds to actually win the NFC East. Just the game apart, I feel like there's some major deflation for the Redskins. Lose Alex Smith, lose a couple of tough games then you lose your backup Colt McCoy, lose your whole offensive line, basically. I feel like this defense, which has played its heart out this season, may just throw its hands up in the air this week. I want to ask both of you, when you see a team having
2: this many injuries and some gruesome injuries on top of it, career, potentially yes. career-ending injuries, how much of an impact do you think that has the rest of the team when there's four weeks left where players are starting to think to themselves, wow, I sure hope that doesn't happen well, Yeah. To me.
1: Plus, Lombardi's saying, how much of this is the training staff? What are they doing wrong you know, Tom Brady's whole thing is stretching and, you know, with the soft muscle stuff. So, I don't know. Last thing on this, uh, McCoy, after he got injured, then there was the AP run, all right? After that, 31 plays, 89 total yards for Washington. Not good. Next game, Bengals, Chargers, lines 14, Fez, another pass. Maddie, you pass this one, it looks like? Yeah, I got a pass. I mean, it's a tough one. Here's one. I'll give you a stat or two on this one. I can't play the Bengals no matter what. This is a pretty interesting trend though, and I've never seen this anywhere else. But I've already played the World Premier Music teams favored by thirteen or more this week, who are underdogs next week. All right, and remember, Casey's playing hosting the Chargers next week. All right, so what's the line going to be? Five. Thinking about five and a half. All right. Oh, thank. Thankfully, you paused that long. <laughs> All right, so favored by 13 or more, underdogs next week, 20 and 42 against the spread, All right. I mean, is, this makes a ton look ahead. Of sense. That said, I can't play the Bengals. This is probably the only team in the NFL I can't play right. I would play the Skins before I'd play the Bengals, like in any given. I'd rather the Skins be here. I know the Bengals are not supposed to be better, I think the Bengals might have given up. If you print
0: out the Cincinnati Bengals injury report, <laughs> you will kill
1: four trees. <laughs> <laughs> Next game, uh oh, Esler's best bet. So here's what we're going to do quick, one and only commercial break, and then his best bet. Are you- the holidays, what are they about? Well, for most of us, it's about family. And what do you want to do with your family? Well, obviously, keep them. Safe and if you're thinking about home security, Simply Safe is a great choice. It's the choice we recommend, and I'll tell you why. A lot of it, not only good quality, but there's none of the commitments, the contracts, no hidden fees. But it's even better if you've been waiting. It's holiday time, and let's be honest, you sit around with the family, you love them. Sometimes you run out of things to talk about. Oh, show them the no new. <laughs> Home security system. All right, great time to talk about it. And right now you can save 25%. Now we've been doing Simply Safe stuff for months and months. First time they've had a discount. And all you got to do, go to simplysafe.com slash dream. D R E A M. You're getting 25% off. And if you like it, you got it. You keep paying that reasonable monthly fee. And if you don't like it, hey, you cancel. It's almost it's as close as you get to a free roll. Simplysafe.com slash dream. That's D-R-E-A-M. That's the URL, simplysafe.com/ slash dream. And what are you keeping safe? Yep, your family. How do you do better than that? Old friend here, true car. Every car comes with its share of stories. That ding your bumper when you nervously pick up your first date. The luxury package. You got after a big promotion or the mileage you saved riding your bike all summer. You can't put a price tag on your stories. Now with TrueCar, you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell it or trade it in. Just go to TrueCar, simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation, moonroof, Watch as they bump up your value. Uh Uh-oh, high mileage boo. Well, you already knew that was going to cost you, but now you know just how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer set in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car Today. True cash offer not available in all areas. If it's available in yours, take advantage. Faz, you're putting in the time. To, I mean, it seems like you're better prepared than usual.
2: Well, you gave me the day off to I basically know. get ready for the Dream Pod, right? So RJ? are you? Like, are you applied te- wink you're,
1: wink. You're like telling me that's the move, huh? All right, best bet time for Ashler.
0: Don't know about the future, that's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pen and pencil, i give you a piece of my mind.
3: All righty. Best bet, take a deep breath, the Arizona Cardinals. So, okay, I know the Cardinals aren't very good, but think about this for a minute. The Lions were all about 2018 after that Patriots win. They were 3-3 in mid-October, and hey, we're a playoff team now. Well, whoops. Now, next week, they're at Buffalo, where you know it's going to be not beach weather. They finish the season at Lambeau, where ice fishing will be in season. I wonder how enthused the Lions can possibly be to play more football games. The Cardinals are only one game worse than the Lions. This is their next-to-last home game. Last one's against the Rams. So if they want to do anything for their fans, this is the week. Arizona has allowed less points than the Lions. They've played the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. The Lions, on the other hand, have not scored more than 22 points in their last six games. I know Arizona is not the greatest show on turf, but they did just win a game as a 14-point underdog. So back to the beginning, how can the Lions be favored on the road? Give me the Cardinals.
1: So, Matt, if I remember right, you actually were giving some real thought to Arizona here. I certainly was. And look, one of the things I look for this time of year
0: is when a quarterback gets hit, are the offensive linemen running to pick him up? Is there this sense of energy? Come on, quarterback. Come on, Josh Rosen. Let's get up and do it. And I actually see that with the Arizona Cardinals. As bad as this offense has been all year, it looks like the players like and respect Josh Allen. All right,
1: so you don't like it, though. It's not one of your five likes.
0: No, but I certainly, if I was going to have yeah. to pick
2: fourth so you can't lean, press I would button. take Arizona. Fez, you're try, you,
1: there's no button to press. He doesn't like it. He but, leans
2: it. Uh, yes, and I can't press it on Dave. No. Gotcha. We
1: don't do betting across
2: state lines. Of course we don't. So I thought he was still in Nevada. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Arizona, it's all about their, their injury to the wide receiver, Kirk. So here's a guy that is under the radar. No one's paying any attention. He's only got 500 yards for the season but he's averaging almost 14 yards per catch for an Arizona team that frankly their the quarterback Rosen's been struggling so much so what are they left with FitzGerald a complete possession receiver at this point and three wide receivers that have all caught under 120 yards the season, they just don't have any playmakers anymore. You to agree get any that points. this is a
0: defensive mismatch, though, right? That Arizona's defense is way ahead of Detroit.
1: Yeah, but I don't. I agree.
0: Okay. I agree. Yeah,
2: but Arizona's because I, I stepped like in the front of this game fought last the week. Best
1: defense in the NFL and
2: yeah. Johnson's critical to, to Detroit. Now, once again, I don't think he's going to play, and we're going to get Blount running I, I, the ball. First of
1: all, it's 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 like ninety five percent he's not going to play. Right? I, he's I mean, not going to play. I mean, he may, but again, it's it's very unlikely. But I just don't think that Arizona is going to have any success the
2: rest of the year without kirk at wide receiver and that's really my handicap and and so it needs to be a low scoring
1: game i look towards detroit two games left eagles cowboys cowboys three and a half fez you lean dallas yeah i lean
2: dallas about the defense playing so much better and hey i saw they're in the top 10 now by football outsiders i believe rj is that correct and yeah
1: so you said they were third yeah, we so got a while to go.
2: That's fortunate that they that they're trending upwards. The only thing that concerns me about this game is, of course, Dallas already beat Philadelphia. So now I do think that when there's a rematch like this, that that favors the team that lost the first game. I'll still lean Dallas.
1: And you actually like Dallas, Manny?
0: Yeah, I like Dallas. I like Dallas in the spot, and and I just feel like it, uh, I didn't know what what kind of difference Amari Cooper would make. But we've seen that when Dak Prescott throws the ball or at least targets Amari Cooper, his quarterback rating is 123 on plays where he targets Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper has made a major difference to the Dallas Cowboys offense. And Zeke Elliott career-wise has Philadelphia's number. I'm with Fez. I don't like playing a team to, on the revenge side in division, Uh, but there's so many positive trends toward the Cowboys here. I can only go one way.
1: So when you say revenge in division, explain where, how it applies in this situation. Yeah,
2: so Philly lost at home against Dallas, and now they go on the road versus Dallas. So if
1: you lose on the road, you're motivated, but not quite as much because it's like kind of holding the serve. exactly expected, exactly. Yeah. But you did losing
0: not... at home against the division opponent yes. in
1: the first game. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Okay, I'm just making a note. It's interesting. Uh, a couple of last things in this game. Dak Prescott. Since two thousand sixteen, second most wins by any quarterback. Think about Whoa. that a second. Also, here's what makes me like the under. I get that the Philly is banged up in the D backs. I mean, is and, and maybe Prescott's throwing better, but certainly not a great downfield throw. No. So I don't think they exploited enough. I think there's a problem with the Dallas D line or O line, O line, O line. Last- well, Tyron Smith comes back, right? So their O line gets better this week. Is that are we sure? That's the last prognosis I heard, that Tyron Smith, highly probable. All right, so that brings up an interesting point. So let's set that aside for a second. Last four games, Dallas sacked 19 times, seven against the Saints. But Prescott actually threw very effectively under pressure. But that doesn't last. It felt like maybe, and again, if Smith is back, it changes that theory. But maybe Dallas had a problem that wasn't being seen clearly because Prescott made some great throws under pressure. Last game, it's Monday night, football, Seahawks, three and a half. And you like this game, Matty. This feels
0: like, again, and we've said this must-win situation so many times, and with the Minnesota Vikings, it's becoming a broken record with me, and I have been on the wrong side backing the Minnesota Vikings too many times. I wasn't on them last week. Last week, I was actually against them, but this feels like that desperation spot for the Minnesota Vikings, and what I've said about this team all year is I hate them in those overrated spots against good teams because Minnesota's stats say they're an average football team. We talked about their top six most important offensive categories all week and how they were between 12 and 18 in almost every single one of them, stating... They are an average football team. But this, you know who else is an average football team? The Seattle Seahawks. And any time, you know, we talked about they shouldn't have beat the Carolina Panthers. They have some wins that they shouldn't have this season. I'm not saying they're a total fugazi. Last week, it looked like they blew the doors off San Francisco. You watch that game. The stats say it was much closer than it actually was. I think this game's going to be much closer than this line says. And with the three and a half instead of three, I have to lean toward the Vikes. How do you know it's a Fugazi? Well, it's a fake. Yeah, I know what a gaze is.
1: <laughs> I actually like Minnesota here also, and here's why. Seattle's pass defense is really dropping off. First six games of the season, no quarterback had a rating better than 87, a passer rating. Last five games, the average quarterback passer rating, 109. Think about that for five games. Feels like a transition happened that no one's talking about there. I know passer rating's imperfect. I hate playing against Seattle, though, at home in a big game because that crowd's rocking. Yep. So I'm probably just a strong lean, but it is a strong lean towards Minnesota. And, by the way, Minnesota is super one-dimensional, but it is passing. So if I'm right about Seattle's D-backs, could be advantage Minnesota.
2: And I'm going to lean Seattle. You touched upon it. Whenever I have two teams that have above average home field advantages, you ask me who I want to bet on. I've got these two teams equal. I'm going to look towards the home team. I'm concerned also about the health of the Vikings wide receivers. They're not on the injury report, but both of these guys have been on the injury report in prior weeks. They look like Thielen and Diggs. They are both playing Banged up. Diggs looked better last week. All
1: right, boys, that was a lot of info. By the way, more info. Sunday, I give you all five of our picks on my Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Thanks
2: for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for R.J.? You can contact him directly on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.